Welcome, everyone, to another episode of 100 Words or Less, the podcast. I am your host, Ray Harkins, and thank you for joining us. Uh, this is episode number 17, and uh, we are part of the Punk News Podcast Network. Visit punknews.org. And you can check out all the latest and greatest with your favorite bands, music reviews, show reviews, and there's also a ton of shit talking as well. Uh, and you can look look for that in the comment section over any news post. There will be conversations that are not even related to the news that gets posted in the first place, which I kind of find funny. It's usually even like the first post. Someone's just asking, hey, did you watch the latest episode of Breaking Bad? And it's like, isn't there like a message board to do that with? But regardless, punknews.org, and we're happy to be a part of it. Um, let's get some other business out of the way first, then we'll dive in. Um, follow us on Twitter, at 100wordspodcast. And uh, more exciting than anything else. Finally, finally, finally figured out what to do with the website. Go to 100wordspodcast.com, and uh, if you are a Tumblr user, you can follow us there. Um, some of you have wrote in and uh, really enjoyed what the previous podcast that I did with some friends uh, called First World Problems. What we did with that, a little segment called Quick Hits, where basically we recommended either music, movies, or food pencils, whatever. Um, so some of you were requesting that that kind of come back. So that is coming back. That's actually something that uh, I've started to do. I started posting recommendations on the site, just little things that either I'm listening to or checking out or whatever the case may be. Eventually, I'll start to bring in some guest contributors from that perspective. So yes, follow the website, 100wordspodcast.com. Uh, and I also would encourage you to Rate the show if you have been listening to it, because I'm not going to lie, download numbers are, are pretty great. They're actually pretty impressive. When I log in and look at them, I said, wow, that many people decided to download the Tommy Rogers podcast, which, by the way, episode number 14, most popular podcast I've ever done in my entire life. So there's a lot of people that check that out. Um, so yeah, anyways, rate the show. You can either click five stars, four stars, three stars, whatever the case may be. Uh, it just makes us look cooler in iTunes. And uh, if you don't like listening on iTunes, that website that I referenced you, I post a little flash player and people can check it out that way. And uh, they don't even have to worry about downloading stuff. They can just listen to it right there. Um, when I post this episode, I will be in Hawaii. <laughs> For one of uh, my annual vacations with my family. And uh, I'm pretty stoked. So when you are listening to this, I may or may not be flying and or on a beach or sleeping or doing something in a tropical location. So um, that's the beauty of time travel and travel on airplanes and all those other things. So anyways, um, I also would like to mention something else that I have been consuming recently, uh, a zine called Rump Shaker Fanzine. Uh, for those of you that are too young to remember, uh, a lot of the punk, hardcore, independent music community used to actually publish magazines. Um, and when I say magazines, I mean something, you know, not like your Entertainment Weekly or Time, but uh, similar in fashion as far as it looks like a magazine, but uh, it's all independently published, either through Kinko's or some random printing press. Um Needless to say, Rump Shaker Fanzine, this is the sixth issue. Um, it, it's one of the best zines out there, plain and simple. There are not many that exist now, uh, but this newest issue, which has been, I think, 10 years in the making, <laughs> um, he has a lot of different interviews with people like Mike Judge from the band Judge, uh, Ceremony, Fucked Up, um, trying to think of what else. There's just a lot of cool stuff. And my own personal favorite thing is uh, he actually sits down with people uh, that are sort of luminaries within the scene, so to speak, uh, and their mothers. So like in this issue, he interviews Walter Schreifels from Quicksand Rival Schools and his mom. And he sits down with Dan Yemen from Lifetime, Kid Dynamite, Painted Black, and his mom. And it just provides an insight that people just aren't able to see ever because you view a person through however you're consuming their music or you've met them at a show or whatever. But, you know, our parents know us in a completely different light. And uh, it's always interesting to kind of see that. And that's kind of why I always ask questions 
within the podcast about, you know, these are guests and their relation to their family, um, just because you can see so much of why a person does what they do based on their familial relations. So anyways, rumshakerfanzine.com. Um, I think that's the website. If not, I apologize, but you can Google it. Um, and you'll be able to find it. I think it's like 10 bucks. I ordered it immediately and it was an amazing $10. It's super thick too. I think like 160 some odd pages. So check it out, enjoy it. And, uh, let me know what you think of it. Anyways, my guest this week is, uh, Chris Hansen, the owner, CEO, slash badass of No Sleep Records. Uh, I've known Chris for a long time. And full disclosure, I actually help Chris, Chris professionally um, with some financial stuff. But this is not a cheap plug for his record label. Um, like I said, I've known Chris for quite some time. Uh, he'll take you through his uh, career moves uh, when we talk about the interview, or when I talk to him in the interview. Um, but he's just, uh, he's definitely one of my closer friends now. And, uh, I was really excited to sit down and like have this open and honest conversation. I'm not going to lie. This is definitely the most in depth I've gotten with a guest as far as their own trials and tribulations and kind of how they've grown as a person, just because I've known Chris for so long. So it was easier for me to make my own observations and kind of be able to have him open up about those observations. Um, so yeah, but No Sleep Records is a, an amazing independent record label. Uh, they actually provide the music for our intro, uh, that band Balance and Composure, the music that you hear at the beginning and the ending of the podcast, that is that band. Um, and they also put out records from The Wonder Years and La Dispute and Aficionado and yeah, nosleeprecords.com and you can find out all the information you possibly can. Um, but it's really hard to have an independent record label these days because clearly the music industry has changed a lot. Um, and so the fact that he's been able to make this successful over the past, especially over the past two to three years is, uh, you know, kind of flaunting in the face of how other record labels are shrinking and downsizing. And he just kind of continues to grow. So anyways, open and honest conversation. I was really excited to do this. And, uh, I went over to his apartment and, uh, we started talking about, uh, all of this fun stuff. So here it is. Hope you enjoy I, I'm not gonna lie. I was. I'm very. I've been thinking about obviously doing this for a while with you because obviously I see you quite often. But I was excited to do this because I think that. Um, I mean, not only do you have a lot of different experiences within the music industry that obviously you can share to people, but um, you're you don't fit a certain mold within independent music as far as like you know whether it's like your own beliefs um but yeah you just you're, you're not not the typical dude and um yeah i mean in, in in a good way in my opinion so that's why i was always excited to be like chris will be perfect for this well uh really say lp of this recording <laughs> yeah this could this could be the uh the chris hansen spoken word yeah. quadruple 12 yeah. inch this is this will be like a four-hour interview yeah that works for me <laughs> and we'll have uh Let's do some remixes of everything. That makes sense to me. And we're, we're basically going to make the uh, NLP. Okay. Then we can do some dubstep remixes. Yeah. <laughs> um, awesome. But you were uh, you were born and raised essentially in Southern California, yeah. right? Yeah. I was born in Fountain Valley. Okay. Then grew up in Lincoln. Yeah. So did your, uh, did your parents, like you lived in Fountain Valley? Or that's where they had Yeah, you? I was just born at the... Valley General Hospital, or whatever, mm -hmm. off of uh, Warner. Do they have a plaque above the room where you were born? Oh, of course. Right, you bought that for them. Yeah, <laughs> I, I bought it for them. Like, hey, you don't know who I am. Yeah, so here's a plaque. L little do you know. I don't know which room I was born, in, but <laughs> just put it above one room. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. Nice plaque. Right. Better than the PETA one. <laughs> um, that doesn't exist. No, no, that one doesn't exist. Um, I knew it. So you were, so yeah, you born in Fountain Valley, but then your parents lived in Huntington, so that's yeah. essentially, like, you, yeah. you view your formative years as growing up in Huntington. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was born in Fountain Valley, we lived in Huntington, yeah. Grew up on Normandy Lane. Normandy Lane? Normandy Lane. Okay. Over by St. Bonaventure. 
So then what would your porn name be? You have to do your middle name. Yeah, your middle name and the street you were born on. William Normandy. That's pretty good. That's pretty funny. <laughs> I always love my mine is Edward Giverney. Edward Giverney. That but that's where I lived most of my life, yeah. like in and that's it's like a French porn William star. Normandy. That's pretty good. I think that there's probably a porn star that already exists with that name. Well, he's going to die. That's my name. Um, I am Normandy. And so what did, what did your, uh, what did your parents do like job wise? Uh, my mom, she went out of school. She worked. I mean, not like, not, not like when you were born, but just like, you know, your, your memories as you were kind of, you know, Uh, my dad, like he office, well, not office manager, like accountant slash manager slash whatever of like, uh, savings alone, and then when that went out, and then he okay, he was he was a working professional. Yeah, he's a working professional. Got it. He's a working professional. My mom was ops manager. Sure, sure. Somewhat accounting as well. Yeah, yeah. And how long had they? Because you you are an only child. Yeah. How long were they married before they had you? Uh, I know it's tough to remember. Like, yeah, it's here. Like they they wanted to have kids. You weren't like, yeah, oh, here's they, here's a surprise. Well, they uh, found each other later in life, sure as well. So they were like, they're fairly older, right? Already, like, like as a kid, my dad feels that was my grandpa and stuff. Uh huh. Honestly, they're married probably like five years, maybe longer than that. Sure, but the obviously since probably they were than actually maybe ten, right? I don't really know exactly yeah, yeah. Maybe. And so, but yeah, since like you, like you said, since they, I didn't know that they found each other later in life. Mm-hmm. Like, had they previously been married before? No. Okay. Neither had been married. And so, well, that's, that's pretty romantic that yeah. they would... My dad uh, was a little bit of a ladies' man. Oh, yeah? For a while. He yeah. didn't, uh, didn't didn't peg himself down to anybody? No. Nope. One to be of a... my uh, favorite stories my mom always tell me. Well, uh-huh. my dad said it too, but my mom <laughs> mentioned it recently. Uh, after they got married, uh, they were at like, his place. That's where he lived. And then some like, girl called on the phone like asking for him. And mom was like, no, this is his wife. Yada, yada. <laughs> Step, step off, bitch. <laughs> That's funny. But you know, like, you're, I mean, you never experienced, your dad would just tell you stories about that. Like, there wouldn't be too much, like, real life experience where you were just like, oh, wow, like, my dad was kind of a player. Yeah, no, I mean, he wasn't, like, really, but yeah. just, like, he had a lot of girlfriends. Sure, sure. Like, I remember my mom told me something about, he had, like, one time he had, like, I think it was three girlfriends. Just was, juggling. Yeah, just juggling. I fight, like, the ladies. <laughs> We we have, we have a lot of similar experiences because my dad my dad was totally the same way like he would uh, such a distinct memory but I think I was like maybe ten or eleven and he would because uh, my parents were divorced it was like four and so I would always go back to Las Vegas where he lived and so I'd I'd stay with him for like two or three weeks but he would take me on dates and it was like thinking about it now it's like dude that is so fucked up he would take me on like an afternoon date we'd go like mini golfing with some woman and then we'd go to dinner with a different woman. So he was totally using you as like, look at this cute kid. 100%. I was just like this, like, oh, if you're okay with my kid, then like, you know, maybe I can sleep with you later on. Like it was just, and then I would confuse the women's names. Like he, my dad would be prepping me in the car. I'd be like, we're going out with Jane, but totally. And then like, but in the evening we're going out with Jackie. So he'd like prep me. And I was just like, like, yeah, it's like thinking back on it. Like, fuck was he doing like that's a terrible idea yeah but so yeah your dad wasn't as bad as that like and obviously like they were married so there was no (laughs) yeah and then like eventually yeah they eventually found each other later in life got it got it did that would because your father was older and people noticed that like did that were you like defensive about that were you just like yeah it was definitely like i mean being a kid you're like that's true. Your defense about everything. Fuck you. Yeah. Blah, blah, your defense about everything, and you're like, yeah. so it was definitely a sore subject at yeah. times because it was it was also kind of like weird because everyone like had younger parents and all that. So it was like, mm-hmm. feel like I was asked if like my grandparents stuff. I'm like, no, it's my parents. So it was it definitely got annoying. Right, and that was probably like in elementary school. I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah when you were. Yeah, because eventually kids, they're still stupid. Right, but they're less stupid. Right. right. But they're always stupid. <laughs> it's very true. Um, and, and so, uh, but your uh, your home life was essentially like pretty stable. Mm-hmm. Like you know, there was it was a happy marriage, and yeah. everything was was working yeah. out well with that. Good marriage, everything's good. Mm-hmm. Um, grew up in Huntington. 
Right. Had a dog. Had basically like a farm. Had a farm? We had like, like my dad loved animals. Uh-huh. Like we had, uh, we had Avery in the backyard full of birds. We had like a room in the house that was just full of birds. Really? We had, we had a toucan. Holy shit, I had no idea. We had like one of the huge parrots that can like bite a broomstick in half. Right, right. And I was just like a little kid and we had... <laughs> We had, like, a pen with, like, rabbits in the back. And Interesting. And this was just, like... We had, this... like, my dog grew up with Tara, which is, like, a, uh, like a lassie kind of dog. Uh-huh. Sure. So, the, and it was, this was just because your dad was so down for animals. Yeah, you just love animals. We also had... I, I remember... Like, I don't really remember it, but... Right. When I was younger, younger, we had a, a chicken. Wow. Uh, I guess we had a rooster, too, and if you were complaining. Right. In the morning, so... <laughs> we were like, sure. hey, so four in the morning rolls around... <laughs> This thing's yelling at us. I guess, I guess people hunting some beach, you know, they're not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they, that's not typically what you'd find in, like, a suburban home. Yeah. It's literally just, like, a normal house in Huntington. Backyard with so many animals. Yeah, interesting. So, do you think that kind of, obviously, got you started off on the right foot as far as, like, having yeah. having an awareness for animals in general and kind of informed yeah. your philosophically in the future? Yeah, I'm sure, like, growing up around a lot of animals and, like, my dad, I mean... He loved going to zoos and everything too. Mm-hmm. More like like uh, wild animal park and stuff. Sure, sure. Like open conservatories, right? Yeah, right, so right. we like go to those a lot as a kid too. So it was like grew up around like all kinds of animals. So it's, I think that helped with my love for animals. Sure, know. sure. Yeah, it's it's always cool to when you can trace that back to the values actually placed like by the parents. Where it's like yeah. sometimes it's like you know kid just finds it on his own or whatever. But it's nice to be able to be like, oh, this is like a generational thing. Yeah. Not like your dad was, you know, raw vegan or anything like that. But <laughs> I mean, my, my dad definitely wasn't <laughs> vegan or straight edge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, but he loved animals all the same. Sure. Yeah, but that's but still... he liked eating meat as well. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. But that, I mean, that's that's part and parcel for that generation. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so then, uh, so yeah, as you started to, I mean, uh, you know talking about your dad, I mean, we've obviously both experienced the same loss as our father passing away. I mean, yours was much earlier than mine. Yeah. Um, so how, how old were you when? Uh, 16. Okay. Yeah, 16. Yeah. And my, my dad passed away when he, when I was 20, like 27. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was senior in high school. Okay. And so, oh, so I, for some reason I thought that he passed away earlier in your life, but so you had already kind of, you know, really started to experience like high school and your, yeah, your... yeah, I mean, I was, I was a senior in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what school did you go to? Uh, Marina. You went to Marina. Yeah. Um, right. <laughs> and so what was your, uh, what was your high school experience? Like, did you, uh, sucked. Hated it? Yeah. The, yeah. the sort of typical. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was a lot shorter and fat and people make fun of me all the time. Like, yeah. I ditched my senior prom, yada, yada. So like, you know, <laughs> Wait, you, 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 said, you said you ditched your senior no, prom? No, I got ditched. Really? Yeah. So, like, you went there? I went there with someone. And, and then. she ditched me. Really? Yeah. Well, fuck her. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. What's her Wait. first name? We don't need an outer last name. Janelle. Fuck you, Janelle. I don't know her last name. It's okay. Yeah. But she ditched me. And then being the gullible, stupid, like, fat kid I was, I was like. She found me afterwards, oh, I was looking for you all night. And I'm like, no, you weren't. But then I still just drove her home. Right. But you're like, oh, okay. Well, you're just a nice guy. You're not a sucker. But she got hers, so. <laughs> she did. Okay. Like five years later, my old friend Nick told me that she saw me at a grocery store, and I didn't recognize her. I just walked past her. And Burn. She got, like, super big. And she has, like, five kids or something. This sure. was, like, six years ago now. Sure, sure, like, sure. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> living living well is the best revenge they say exactly um so throughout like at, throughout high school you know what when did you start to kind of discover like independent music and then how did um you know like how did your high school experience kind of like form around that um like did you did you get into music at all in high yeah school? yeah i did mm-hmm. i mean i was i was definitely like it i was later coming into things just because like like, I had friends, but I was definitely a loner for the most part. Like, uh-huh. like at school, I had groups of people I, like, go between or whatever, but I didn't really, like... Right. What what groups were you going between? Like, were you going between, like, the, the nerd comic book kids and... Nerds, skateboarders. Okay. Sometimes some popular people, and then, like... Sure. Metal kids. Okay. Kids. I mean, I was, like, I was... You were a friendly. floater. I, 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 was, I was definitely a floater. Okay. But, like, I feel like, like I grew up with hangout were more like metal heads yada yada mm-hmm. which as a kid i hated metal for some reason yeah i mean i still hate like metallica and 
shit metal like that that <laughs> they all liked. Sure, sure. That's but, just never never something you were exposed to that yeah. you enjoyed. But so I was definitely like later coming around to it, like like my my first cassette was Aria Monster. Okay. My first CD was Mark and Mark and the Funky Bunch. That's pretty good. Yeah. Those are those are both early nineties. And then my like childhood shirt I would always wear was a Depeche Mode shirt that I got as a hand me down from my cousin. Oh nice. It's like and I was like, ooh, I wonder who this is. So I listened to it and I listened to Depeche Mode a lot. I, you know. Yeah. Where'd you I was, listened to like was music of... music important to your parents at all? Like did they kind of Yeah, like okay. my parents always listen to music, like I grew up listening to a lot of, like, oldies. My dad, like, loved, like, Hairs and oh, okay. all that. So I grew up listening to a lot of oldies. And then my mom lived Elvis and, like, country. and Got it. And I can't stand most country. Right. It's hot country. Sure. He's swift. <laughs> but, uh, so, I mean, I grew up, like, around good music, at least. It was just, like, I didn't find out about, like, a lot of bands or, like, like independent music. Or, yeah, right, right. What was your What was your gateway into that? Like, was it Was it a friend that started to go to shows, and it was kind of like, oh, that's yeah. Like, I in it was either my like junior or senior of high school. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I like knew like independent music, but it was like the bands that I, like broke kind of like Green Day and Rancid. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, I mean, I grew up listening to like Green Day, Blink. Like, I mean, I was in like elementary school, like sure. all of those things, you know. Mm-hmm. So like, there was like punk, whatever stuff so I was listening to, but it wasn't like the indie side of it. Right, 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 right. But I mean, also like in the nineties internet isn't how it was or anything. So it's like, unless you like had a lot of friends and you were like going to shows, you didn't know of any bands. Totally. Like that much, you know, people's usually entry points are usually like an older sibling or like a classmate. That is Yeah. And I was, I was only child. Mm -hmm. I like hung out as a kid playing with action videos and comics and eating way too much food. Right. (laughs) <laughs> Nothing wrong with any of those. I know. Especially when you're a kid. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, I mean, it was definitely, like, I think, I forget what year in high school, but I started hanging out with, like, a few people that were, like, they're in a band, yada, yada. So, it was, like, I gradually got more and more, like, it was mm-hmm. probably not my senior. It was probably more, like, my sophomore or junior year, now that I think about uh-huh. it. Like, and gradually more and more. But I think my my, my first show was uh, uh, Under in Law. Oh, that's a good one. With... Uh, messed oh, and nice. surgical. It's good. Was that like House of Blues or something like that? Yeah, House of Blues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that was like my first show because they, the people I was like hanging out with at the time, they like, they're obsessed with Underlaw. Uh huh. So, like, obsessed. Right. So you're like, yeah, I'll go with you guys. Yeah. yeah. But I think that was like my first show. Got it. Um, what? And so you, you said that your friends in high school were playing in a band. And so, like, were they were they playing like Chain Reaction and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah. I mean, okay. like, they're playing Chain, like, Hoagie Bar like that. So, I mean, I went to, like, sure. a lot of those places. I knew of, like, throughout high school, I knew, like, local bands. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. They're, like, I mean, I knew, like, of music. Right, music, right, right. right. wasn't, like, into it right. as much. Well, what, what, what were you primarily into? I mean, I, I'm presuming it wasn't, you weren't playing sports in high school. No. <laughs> like, I so what were, uh, you know, like, were, were you, by all definitions of the term, would you be, call yourself, like, an indoor kid? Were you, like, yeah, uh, I like to. Homebody, like. Play video games. Eat whatever. I play video games. Like, play with toys. Still, probably. Well, not in high school, obviously. That's <laughs> well, okay. No judgment. Well, not like my action figures. <laughs> right. They'd but, be on display. Yeah. Like an adult play. does. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> like I'm doing again now that I have room. Right. But you know, I would like play video games. Mm. Uh, watch movies. Watch TV. Sure. Sure. Complete loner. Yeah. But occasionally hang out with people. Sure. Sure. Okay. I see. So then towards Pretty your. Happy. Drink coffee all the, like what? What was your first experience with coffee? Thirteen years old is when I started going to Starbucks. Really? Yeah. And you just immediately dove into coffee. I dove into coffee. That's insane. Grew up with coffee. Wow. Okay. Imagine how tall I'd be if I. You'd six be. Three, so. I know. You would be like at least six seven. I should never gotten coffee. Yeah. Just keep, well. Talk to me. I'd really like to do. Uh, I mean, obviously, I'm sure there's a study out there as to what age. Is caffeine allowed where it's like it's not stunning your growth? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that would be interesting to see if you didn't drink coffee, how tall you'd be. I know. But it wouldn't matter because you wouldn't play sports, so it's not like it would be advantageous. I would just hit my head on a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you'd have low clearance on a lot of stuff. Um, sure. And so then, uh, so yeah, like you, going back to your father passing away, your senior year, um, 
What did he pass away from? A heart attack. Okay. I grew up, like, he he had a lot of, like, heart attacks throughout, like, I like guess the first one, I think, was in, like, early 90s when I was a kid. He had a heart attack. So, yeah, I mean, like, bypass surgery yeah, or anything? like, uh, uh, in front of me and my mom, he had a, I forget which surgery it was, but it was, uh-huh. he was, he was dead for a little bit, like, on the hospital and everything, but then he got through that, and then he had a couple more, like, heart attacks, and he, uh, had a blood clot in his brain at one point. Uh-huh. He, like, we were, like, driving home from somewhere, and then all of a sudden, my dad just, like, started, like, dozing off as he was driving. Right. And so then, like, I mean, I was, like, a kid, so I couldn't, like, drive or anything. Right, so, right. Like, pull over, I call my mom, I was, like, something's wrong, blah, blah, and then some of my mom worked with, but, uh, came with my mom to, like, drive the car, mm-hmm. and then, like, we got, like, with my mom, and then went to the hospital, they at first didn't find anything, then they eventually found, like, a blood clot in his brain. Yeah. Um, and then he got through that. Uh-huh. But, and then, uh, in 2001, mm-hmm. uh, he, at work, like, he would go to work early and then leave early. Mm-hmm. And he would, like, take naps before he left. Because he would, like, go to work at, like, 4 a.m. or something. Sure. So he would take a nap before he, like, drove home in traffic and stuff. Uh-huh. Or light traffic. Right. And then he just, like, passed away, like, in his sleep while he was taking a nap. So, like, at work? Like, yeah. Oh, okay. Like, the the shared, like, secretary for the mm-hmm. office. Like, it's like, oh, it's off quiet. And she went in and found him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, there's bad hearts in the family. Right. He died, died of it. My grandpa did. My uncle almost did. Uh-huh. So, so yeah, um, this this already. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's in the family, so it wasn't like it wasn't shock. Well, obviously, it wasn't shocking because your father had experienced it. Yeah, so yeah, many I mean, times so before. Like, I was sixteen when he passed, but then I like started experiencing like it happening though. Like as definitely a lot younger because I mean it was like in the early nineties when he first had his first yeah. attack. I'm sure that I mean like. Did that scare the absolute shit out of you when it first happened? It happened in front of, like, me and my mom. Like, he was standing, and he had a heart attack, and he fell. Yeah. And he clobbered his head on the wall, like, made a hole in the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. made a hole in the wall for, like, a while, so it was, like... Yeah, so, I mean, that was, like... I was, like, sitting outside and crying, like, on the curb, like, as my dad, like, went away and at him. Right, 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 right. Um, That's insane, yeah, yeah. So, you like, yeah, you experienced that trauma. And I'm sure it was one of those things where it was, like, did it become, because it happened so often, like, did it become normal in a way? Where you were just, I mean, it was always, I'm sure, I mean, traumatizing. But yes and no. I mean, I kind of got, like, immune to it somewhat, but uh-huh. not really, like, I mean, all, all of that, like, fucked me up on many levels, for sure. Mm-hmm. But, um, it definitely never became normal. Like, I... Right, it wasn't like, oh, okay, cool, up. yeah, cool, gotta go to the hospital yeah, again. It was, yeah, it was always, like, torture. Of course, like, of course. I mean, it was probably, like, helped a little, like, each time, or like right. started having earlier, or it, maybe maybe not so much like helped, but it was from the standpoint where it's like you at least knew how to react. Yeah, like you knew what I mean. to do. Right, right, right. It definitely helped with like just understanding, like not like completely like freaking out. And then it helped, yeah, I mean, it helped me doing dealing with that younger when, when when my mom was in the hospital. Right. Well, when she had like. They thought it was a seizure, but then it ended up, I forget, or they thought it was a stroke, and then it between seizures or mm-hmm. something. Right. So it helped me, like, know how to deal with especially that. Especially since, I mean, it was, like, just me. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was people from my mom's old work that came in and stuff, you know, like. Right. Um, so it helped me with, like, dealing with that, like. Sure. But, I mean, nothing could teach you for, like. No. Being in the hospital while your only parent is, like, in the hospital bed, like. Totally. Yeah, it's brutal. Not really completely coherent and all that stuff, so. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um. Yeah, well, that's that's obviously why, you know, I mean, from what I've observed in your life, that's obviously, like, why family is, like, so important to you. And, like, yeah. the people that you care about, it's like, you know, you want to keep them close and do what you yeah. can to potentially help them, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, <clears throat> as as all that stuff was, was happening to you, and, you know, like, did you, uh, you know, did you find solace in anything as you were kind of going through that? you know, tremendous loss, like, your senior year, like, did you find yourself diving into certain things? Yeah, I mean, it definitely got me to, that was probably, like, what helped me get into mm. music and various things more, just because it was, like, something You were able to pour yourself. Sure, sure. Like, I, like, I, after my dad died, I took, like, a couple months off school, just because it was, like, yeah. I didn't want to deal with, like, glass and, like, are you okay, all that shit. Sure, so, like, sure. Just too much, and plus also I was, like, traumatized from it of course sure. right right but uh i think that i definitely 
just started to try to get into something that I enjoyed. Right, like pour yourself into it. Sure. Trying to like block away at all, you know, mm-hmm. as bad as that is. But yeah, well, you you have to learn how to cope with something like that, and it's like it's not it's not easy when you're that young and yeah. you don't you know you're still you're still finding your identity yourself, and then to have that, and it's just like. Oh, okay. Uh, what am I supposed to do here? But, yeah. um, so then, yeah, like as, as you started to kind of dive more into it, like, you know, did you, I presume that you didn't like school from like a school perspective as well. Like your grades I, were, were amazing. I'm sure. That was horrible. A pluses. I graduated on technicality. <laughs> really? Oh, I think you told me about that before. Yeah, what was stupid that? Stupid singles living teacher. Like, like. Singles, is that like yeah. home ec? Yeah, it's basically home ec. <laughs> I've never even heard singles, singles living. living. Learn how to sew, cook, That's how to amazing. manage your bills. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Like, I wasn't good in the class, but it was, like, so I took three months off because my dad died. Sure. All the teachers, like, said, don't worry about the stuff you missed. They'll be fine. Right. Like, like they, I'm, sure they would send, I'm sure they yeah, would send, like, homework home or something for you yeah, to kind of, like, keep up. Yeah, and then, like, any of the tests I missed, whatever, they're like, don't worry about them. Right. So, they, like, held me aware with that. But then, my singles living teacher, she decided to be a bitch and decided to fail me. Okay. And because I was failing or going to fail at class, I you weren't getting wasn't going to graduate. Credits? Sure. But she didn't send home a possible failure notice. So fuck that bitch. I graduated. <laughs> but See? then, but then I ended up getting cussed out by my English teacher. Okay. Mr. Dodd, because he heard about it. That I, I graduated on a technicality. Yeah, so yeah. like when he was like signing my paper, like being like free did not like do the last like classes or whatever, you know? Right. Uh, he cussed me out. Got it. But yeah, I, I wasn't a very good student. Like, right. I mean, I'm not stupid. I just you didn't, didn't care. Really care, and right. also like, I'm not like very good at excuse me handling like homework and all that. Like, I was definitely not very. You weren't driven from that perspective. Yeah, I, I wasn't driven. Like, and did like, you did you have like I, I presume because of that you had no like burning ambitions to be like God I, I can't wait to graduate college yeah, I can't I wait mean, to go it was like I knew I wasn't gonna be able to get into good school and so I was I'll I'll take my placement test yeah like my like I was I was really good at math I never did did the homework but I did do it on the test like I sure. I knew math right now I don't know shit but <laughs> like I was in like pre calc or trig or whatever uh-huh um whichever one was better sure and then like i could sing another one but i took a break i just didn't want to do anymore mm-hmm. and that's a placement test and i'm horrible at like tests like that where it's like you you, have to you're, you're probably you're probably horrible at the anxiety for a test as well yeah, i'm sure the anxiety and like all that stuff so yeah, like, yeah. i got put in like math one or something like super super simple mm-hmm. so like i went to going west for like a week and i was like all right this is all way too easy because because i was like how it was for all the classes mm-hmm. like i was getting english good and like a lot of the classes, but right? I just like didn't. You were able to get get by without putting that much effort into yeah. it, right? Like I was getting C's, whatever. Yeah, which was fine with you, doing, right? Yeah, I mean, I didn't really care. Yeah, yeah. like I want to just get out and then go home. Sure. Watch cartoons. Right, right. Read comics. <laughs> sure, sure. Whatever. So like, I. Uh, you no, know, you. We were just talking. We were just talking about you, like your your desires right. and to go. So I was like, when I was at school, I was like. All right, this is all way too easy. I'll just do homework and yeah, yeah. Days do. Sure. I think you not go over. Right. But then it led to like a week later. Yeah, fuck this. I'm just not going to do this. Right, right. So what was your uh, what was your first job? Like, did, did you? Um, well, technically, my first job I worked at going swap meet. Oh, okay. Guitars. I was cause I was doing guitar lessons. And this guy Eddie, that had a shop like by my mom's old work. Okay. And uh, him and his now ex-wife did like a swap meet booth selling guitars and like old mm-hmm. movies and like random shit you know like that <laughs> so i like so i started working there like at like 12 or 13 i think oh, okay. that. and then then i also like on summers i would like help in my dad's work oh okay so my dad eventually worked at like some manufacturing company he was like one of the bosses and he was able to get you some like, summer like, work, various, like date entry, and yeah, stuff like, like date that. entry. It's like I'm a kid; they don't care. Yeah, like, of course. I can do that. Yeah, anybody can do that, and I like make money doing that. So I got it. I grew up like working, mm-hmm. also. So that's another thing I did with my time. I work. Right, right. Like, since I was young, I've always wanted to work for the most part. You know, mm-hmm. like do something with myself. Otherwise, otherwise, I'll just sit there and hate my life. Right. <laughs> so I like grew up doing that, and then 
So um, as you were kind of transitioning out of high school and into, you know, when you're supposed to go to college and yeah. you knew quickly that that wasn't something you were interested yeah, in. Yeah, I, I like, I worked at hunting and surfing sport, never surfed once in my life. So sure. <laughs> worked there for a little bit and I just like stopped going. Like I did with all my jobs. I had too much anxiety. You'd be like, oh, I'm quitting. I would just like stop Oh, going. so you would just straight up stop. Yeah, I would, I would stop going. But then like. <laughs> you're like, I don't need this for a reference. <laughs> yeah, and then I. I got called like two months later from uh-huh. like one of the employees and they're like, Hey, can you cover my shift? And I don't work there anymore. I'm like, I guess they're still scheduling me <laughs> like months after, which is weird. That's incredible. Yeah. It's like, that. that's a total glitch in the paperwork as well. Yeah. They're literally like scheduling me for like weeks after, or months after. Cause it was, it was, it was literally like a couple months after when like, uh, I forget his name, but like one of them called asked if I covered shit. Sure. Like, sure. I don't work there anymore. Like, you're still on schedule. Like, I, I haven't worked there yeah. in like months. I quit in my own mind. Did you yeah. guys not get that? Yeah. That's, I mean, that, that's what I did for all my jobs. Like, okay. Uh, it's just what I did. Right. When I was a kid. And so when do you, cause I mean, I first met you when you worked at Revelation. Yeah. Like that was your. Yeah, like, I, like I worked at there. I worked at Long Drugs. I worked at a place I won't say. <laughs> and then worked, but. Uh, and then up until my dad died, we had like a Swami booth too. Like, we were, oh okay. Me and my dad was also Swami too. And then, uh, then I after after HSS, then I worked at was that was like, that in high school that you were, or like see or that was that was like I graduated. Okay, I was I was, I was working over the summer. It was like a seasonal job. I was got outside like the sale, and then I got mm-hmm. hired. I was working inside, and then like I was like I had don't want to do this, and I started interning at Fearless. Okay. And then that was when, like, Fearless and Smartphone for the same company, so yeah. I started working Smartphone. Then I worked there for two years, and then moved around a bunch as Nomad. Uh-huh. Moved to Salt Lake City, because someone from Smartphone was moving there, so I was like, oh, I'll go with. I was there for six months, moved back to California. Okay. Worked at Revelation, since I knew them from Smartphone days. Got it. Worked at Revelation for, like, six months. Then I moved to Kansas City six months literally it was like both years it was i lived salt lake city july to november mm-hmm. or june to november and then kansas city june to november the next year that's funny and then the next year in june i moved to jersey to work trust skills art director and then yeah yeah and so like it's it, two years when you first started to yeah, like, obviously, like, enter the workforce and starting to, like, become more accustomed to, like, because, I mean, essentially, your first independent music job was, like, Smart Punk and Fearless. Yeah. So, like, well, you got the experience at Fearless. Yeah. And then that kind of transitioned yeah, to... Yeah, because, like, uh, throughout high school, like, Fearless and, uh, labels, Fearless, Fat, mm-hmm. and stuff like that, like, I guess a lot before... I got into music earlier, now I think about it, because before high school, uh-huh. like, my favorite bands were, like, Big Wig, Temple Pole, Fruit of Fall, so oh, I was yeah, into, yeah. like, that side of the punk. Okay. Um, and how, how did you discover it? Because, like, that, those are random bands to, like, yeah, get into initially. Like, yeah, literally my favorite bands were, like, Big Wig, Fruit of Fall, Temple Pole, Lagwagon, yada, yada. Was it just, like, a sampler you got no, or something? Um, it was, like, samplers, but also my my childhood friend, Russell. Okay. He was, like, those were, like, his favorite bands, and he showed got me. Got it, okay. So, like, those were my... Like, that was your band. Sure, sure. So I was, oh, Fearless, Big Wig, yes. Got know, it, got it. Thursday Fall, yeah, yeah. It's like, because that was like the Fearless I knew. Mm-hmm. And then like. Um, so that's why you were excited to be like, yeah, yeah so I want to I wanna intern. Yeah, I want to know like, more. I like implied to intern there. And then he brought me on and then I was interning there. And then they liked me and I was a good worker. So they mm-hmm. like me, someone else for smartphone. Because that's when like smartphone was like first starting. Mm-hmm. So was, there was one guy there that ended up like. There's one guy, and this guy, Sean, and the other guy ended up, like, I don't know if he quit or got fired, so then it was just me and Sean. Uh-huh. It was, like, the early days of Smartphone. Sure. We did everything, and then um, just worked there for, like, two years. Yeah. And so getting your taste with, like, kind of how that, because, I mean, there's a lot of people that have an idea of, like, how the music industry works. Yeah, like, that, <laughs> since, especially since that was the days when it was, like, Fearless and Smartphone, because, like, mm-hmm. it was shared warehouse, shared right. offices and everything, so it's, like, there was, like, stuff I would learn from the label side and then also like from the smartphone I made a lot of connections like built labels and like sure. friends to this day and everything which like every job I've had is because I work smartphone because like, mm-hmm. I was at smartphone I was a buyer and various other things so, like I dealt with labels and sure. distribution people and all that stuff so like that helped with like all the future connections yeah yeah, yeah. 
And so like the, cause yeah, like I said, people have a certain perception of how independent music, like how a job at a label works or yeah. whatever. Um, was your perception of that? Like, you know, when you first started to work there and intern was this like, holy shit, like this is how this works? Or is it like, oh, this is kind of what I expected? Or? I honestly had like no idea what to expect. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like uh, when I was interning, I was literally like taking apart CDs, drilling holes. Sure. In promos. Or, like yeah. taking apart like broken CDs, put them into new ones, mm-hmm. the days of jewel cases, you know, it was like. Sure. Yeah. It was really annoying. Mm-hmm. Shrink wrapping and. Yeah. Cleaning and then finding old at the driving vinyl sitting there and being like stoked. <laughs> And so, so then, yeah, as you started to transition into smart punk and obviously work there, um, the, you know, like, was that, because it was so small, was that really enjoyable for you to kind of like do, I mean, you obviously couldn't do whatever you wanted. Yeah, it was cool because it was like, I mean, in, in ways I could, like, I mean, at first I was just doing orders, yada, yada, but then uh-huh. like I started doing buying and various other things. It was like, I could bring in like whatever I wanted for the most part. I mean, there's like right. stuff I had to bring in, but it was like. Because that's, that's definitely, because I started having my path into, like, throughout high school to more and more, but then, like, mm-hmm. you know, like, working there, it was, like, I finally, I, that was the start of me more so. Sure. Just because it was, like, I got to be in that world. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, like, found out about so much more, like, bands and music and stuff. Like, sure. That, that's when, like, the layers started to peel away where you were just, like, oh, like, I feel, yeah, I feel I mean, home in a it, way. Yeah, like, opened it more to me because it was like throughout high school I got more like all kind of stuff you know I got like Opeth Jimmy World and various like other bands and obviously like obviously throughout that also like the Orange County hardcore bands mm-hmm. like that like sure some I used to hate and then I loved and then I hated it again <laughs> sure all that you know I mean it's definitely like high school gradually started getting some more and then working there that was like, once, that, was like once you did that, it was like, it's over. Like, this yeah, is all like, of what I care about. Yeah. Right? So it was like, every time we get new, new shipments in, three boxes of like new promos that they're working on. So, uh, yeah. I, mean, I, had, I had so many CDs. It was like, I mean, I'd go to Bionic. Yeah. And well, throughout high school, I'd go to Bionic and buy like, go to the youth section and buy like 50 CDs at a time. Right, and right, right. So that's like just what I did at the time since I had no friends. Sure. I'd go to Bionic and buy CDs throughout high school. And sure. Just delve into stuff. One. Just diving into CDs. It was like, oh, this this looks cool. I'll buy it. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't trust that logic anymore. <laughs> you buy something. No, not at all. I mean like in the 90s, early 2000s, it was a lot safer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With like well, you felt like you quality. Sure, you felt like especially you could, with like labels then. Precisely, like, you could trust labels. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, this is this came out on Victory Records. This probably has to be good because yeah. they released. That was the stuff. day when like all yeah. those labels still had like their integrity and liked put out music that they actually liked. Oh, right, right, right. It, it, independent music in and of itself wasn't uh, you know it wasn't the proverbial quote unquote cash cow that yeah. it could have turned into where people entered the independent music culture to make money as opposed to the way that it was where yeah. it's just like, Oh, I'm, I'm here because I love this. Yeah. This is all I know. This is all I want to do. And so with all that, uh, with all that traveling around and, you know, kind of like, like you said, you're just like a nomad and you were wandering. Um, you know, did that, did you learn a lot from those experiences to where you're like, Oh, like I don't want to be traveling around. I want to be in one place. Or like, how did that kind of inform? Yeah. I mean, it was, I just kind of got like, bored and mm-hmm. so i just kept moving around it was just like i'd be bored so i'd uh, move to a different state yeah bored <laughs> i moved back to california sure bored i'll uh, move to a different state again right all that i just i think it was like like after my dad i had a lot of like depression and like mm-hmm. my anxiety like grew so much more too so it was just like when i wasn't comfortable i would just like move to mm-hmm. be comfortable for a second and then i'd move back when i wasn't again kind interesting of, you know? yeah yeah try to just like it was a way to distract yourself yeah. in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you'd because, be like, so I'd keep like moving new places. So it was like the stress of being in a new place and like having to do like all this stuff, you know, it was good at first. But then it just got like tiring. Yeah. <laughs> but I literally like moved to a place and yeah. And then by the time that you had just like got everything out of boxes, you're like, yeah, so I think I'm going to go back. <laughs> yeah. And then like, like when I moved back from Salt Lake, I literally just like, like I had a Mini Cooper at the time and whatever, like when it fit in my car. Yeah. I just, you took the swap me. <laughs> no, I just, I just left from the unit. I like threw away all my dirty dishes, just threw them in a bag, threw them in the trash. 
You're like, there you go. I left the couches inside. I left my bed, which was a mattress on the ground. So I was sure. in like a small studio apartment. Right, right, right. But I was bummed though because my, I had like the, Ikea used to have this awesome CD case. Uh -huh. like sliding doors. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was this really cool CD case. And, and this is when I had like I like, thousands, thousands I like how you're like, you're like, my yeah, one regret of that time. Was my CD case. Is <laughs> leaving this awesome piece of furniture. Yeah, it was it was awesome. Yeah, yeah. I had so many CDs. <laughs> and I had all the promos I'd get for Smart Punk. Sure. The endless amounts of money I'd spend at Bionic every sure. week on new CDs I didn't need. Yeah, and then, well, then you can obviously sell your old promos yeah, that you're not then, interested in. Yeah, and, yeah of course. Yeah, I don't need this it's, anymore. It's a, it's a, it's it's a very anymore. vicious cycle. Oh, I know. Um, and so then, um, <clears throat> yeah, you're the I guess the longest job that you probably had besides SmartPunk was like working at Trustkill yeah. and like the art director. Yeah, because um, I was at SmartPunk for like, was it a year or two? I can't remember. It was like 03 and 04, about or how much of each year. Right, right. It might have just been like a year, year and a half. Sure. So I was there. Then uh, in Salt Lake, I just worked at Great Whale CD Exchange. Oh, okay. Worked there for like five or six months. Mm -hmm. Moved back. Worked at Rev for five or six months. Got it. Moved to Kansas City. Didn't work. Mm -hmm. Just like hung out. Did design. That, sure. was, that, that was when I was like more trying to build my design side of things. Sure. And then you're doing a lot of like yeah. when did yeah when did that come into play like as far as your interest uh, in, when I was at SmartPunk because I did well I mean like throughout my life I like drew was into like like I would like redraw comic book covers and like whatever oh, else okay. like, as a kid yeah and then when I was at SmartPunk actually that's when I was like they had me do like cool shirt designs for band stuff and then that's oh, when I like it. started your your the, the design and your interest in technology kind of started yeah. to really in in the design side of things definitely like, right like I mean. As far as, like, nerd, like, technology, like, I grew up, like, building computers, like, like, all my computers I built, and, like, because my childhood friend, Mike, like, mm -hmm. we were both just, like, nerds, like, we built PCs, yada, right. yada. That was exciting for you. Which is yeah. funny, because, like, as a kid, it was, like, I knew anything about a PC, and I'd do whatever, yeah. but then once I went to the dark side with Max... It was like now I I don't know how to open internet on a PC whenever I'm on it. It's like how do you open like internet? what are you what is this thing Yeah, this is useless box exactly. But <laughs> so I see. So then it, yeah, you were you were during the times where you're moving around, you were cultivating. You were trying to cultivate your freelance yeah, stuff. Like what, I, what did you call it initially? Like what you were uh, Barton Fink designs. Oh okay. Because uh, the movie Barton Fink was one of my favorite movies, so I named it after that. Okay. And then I actually when I was moving back from Salt Lake, I renamed it to No Sub Studios. Okay. And then when I was living in Kansas City, I, me and my then roommate friend Blake, we were talking about like starting a label because like throughout high school and then throughout like all the job and stuff, mm -hmm. there's probably like four or five labels that I was like, all right, I'm gonna do a label. But then like, like I had bands lined up and all this stuff, and like some of the bands went on to be like, yeah, very do good. very well, right? And then some like didn't obviously, but sure. So I mean, I had like four or five labels that I wasn't gonna do, but then like. I didn't have money at all. Of course. I was like working in a warehouse. Yeah, yeah. So it was like... You're like, I have to pay my rent before I put yeah. it on a record. <laughs> so I'm like, hey. So they never got off the ground. Then when I was in Kansas City, like my... Oh, Star Labels. That's when No Sleep Records actually came into play. Okay. In Kansas actually, City. Yeah, because I actually designed like the logo there, designed the first website. Ah, got it. Started working on like a compilation, which was going to be the first release. Mm -hmm. And then like, we just never got around to it. Sure. And then... uh when I was moving to Jersey for the job, I was stopping Kansas City. I was getting lunch with my friend Rick. And he's like, I know you want to do a band or do a label. Mm. Uh, I have a new band. It's all recorded. Record Bed Rose. Three song EP. Sure. We're going to pay for the manufacturing, all that stuff. Do you want to put it, put your logo, logo on, on it? it and then have your first release on it? I was like, fuck yes. And You're like, that's easy enough. Yeah. So then that came out October 2006. And then Got it. And so, uh, Kind of not not backtracking too far, but like why? Because um, you mentioned that you played guitar and you were taking guitar yeah. lessons. Um, what, did you you know? Did you never feel the bite to be like, I want to be in bands? I just I mean, there was like like me and Garrett, uh -huh. like started like a million bands, but never actually did anything. Oh, okay, but it was also I, I wasn't very good at guitar. Like the bands I started Garrett, I was gonna see. Okay, and like I mean, you can ask Martin. I wasn't very good at guitar. Like <laughs> we were in. Uh, uh, musicianship together in school oh okay and i'd be the person like playing green day like during musicianship classes Got that's it. all i could play sure sure and i i stopped like the guitar path of things because like my wrists are so bad and they just like throb and hurt so bad all the time got it got it so i was like, all right i can't touch yeah. the musical instrument because i tried guitar then i tried bass mm -hmm. 
and I just like couldn't. It all hurt. It all it hurt. Just hurt too yeah, much. So yeah. I was like, all right, I can't do this. You're like out of, out of necessity. I will not be playing in bands. <laughs> yeah. So it was like, then I wasn't like seeing like there was a bunch of bands that like started theoretically with people. Sure. The the happened. idea has started, but then yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Nothing got it. Happened. Sure, sure. Yeah. With that, that happens all the time. Yeah. Um, one one <clears> of the bands we were just gonna. So yeah, the, what what was like the first band that you theoretically started in your own head and like had a name and like had a, what you wanted um, to do with it. I don't know the first, but one of them was with Gary, we were going to start this band called Cause the Monster Said So. Cause it, Cause, cause the Monster Said So. Oh, Cause the Monster yeah. Said So. Okay. Um, I don't remember where the name came from, but it was going to be like a really like weird, like hateful, like grind. <laughs> okay. Kind of metal, like whatever band. Sure. Like we were all going to, uh, I forget what, I mean, it was, it was a gimmicky, like, whatever thing. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I was going to wear Hulk hands for some reason. <laughs> there was, like, was there was a, gr- the idea was so grand to start off with, and, like, there was no actual, like. Yeah, I mean, we, well, we, we did one. Uh-huh. We did, like, a, like, uh, we did an ambiance, like, thing. Oh, sure. And then, like, we were going to be, like, oh, we'll get kids in this. We'll, like, say it's, like, members of such and such, and we just, like, <laughs> spelled the band names wrong kind of thing. So, like. <laughs> That's funny. And and for those of you listening, the Garrett that he's referencing is uh, the warehouse manager at No Sleep Records currently. Because I so, I sometimes forget that when we drop yeah. people's names, it's like, oh yes, we sh- we should include the listeners into yeah. this. Um, and then that, Martin is formerly yes a member of a band with Ray Harkins. Yes, name Makoto. He played guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's uh, well, th- that band name isn't terrible because usually what a, a common theme amongst a lot of these shows is uh, like the people that play in bands they yeah. usually reveal their yeah, first I mean, like, band name and like that's. I mean, all of the band names. I mean, like all all the let you read the lyrics for one. Okay. I I mean I used to post that I'll never post it again because it was some of the most like morbid <laughs> fucked up things you'll ever read. read sure, in life. that's incredible. And then there was also another band I was gonna start with some work that uh smart punk with called uh welcome to dying okay i'm just gonna be like a screamo like station kind of band okay uh all the lyrics were just depressing about suicide and sure sure stupid <laughs> um okay and so then uh yeah hit, hitting on trust kill and obviously like your experience with that you worked at trust kill for how many how long, how long two time? years two years okay yeah. or like just under two years yeah, yeah. moved there in 06 moved back and I'm no sure way. I'm sure that was like an insane experience because it was like when you were working there, Truskill was still doing really good yeah, business. Because like, I mean, at SmartPlan, I learned various things from SmartPlan Fearless and that revelation. I started to learn like yeah. more label things and also distribution things. Since at the time, like Rev was still a label, right? I mean, Rev was still a label, but you know, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like signing bands, of course. They were active in yeah, that. They were yeah. active, like, and then learn distribution side, working in the warehouse, and sure. also like. So I, I got my mail order backing from SmartPunk for doing orders there, warehouse, distribution, uh, rev, slash mm-hmm. some label. And then Trustkill was definitely a lot of like the majority of what I've learned, I think. Sure. I mean, I learned like a lot throughout the mall, but Trustkill was because when I started at Trustkill, Trustkill was at its like highest. Right. And there was, still like, wasn't that many people working there. Yeah. I mean, there was, like, there was like what, amount, six or not, seven? Yeah. yeah. There was like six or seven. Yeah. Which I mean... For nowadays, that's a lot for a yeah, like an indie whatever label. Sure, sure. But I mean, because I was like 2006, things were like changing, but it not as much, you know. Like, right, right, right. Labels were still thriving a lot. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, but, and Chesco was still doing really well based on their old back yeah, catalog, like back and, catalog, yeah. and like all of their new releases from like it was like the last like album or two from bands, you know. Right, right. But I mean, like, because I got there, I think when Always Hardwood. Uh, Always a Hard Way came out. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I forget what else came out, like, around then. Sure, it was, sure. Like, Hope's Fall was still doing pretty yeah, well. Hope's yeah. Fall was doing good. Rodan was doing good. Right, right. Bleeding Through was doing good. Sure. Los Jericho was doing good. Right. They had, like, terrible. A doing lot great, of stuff going stuff. on. So right, it was, like, right. It was definitely, like, the the highest Trusco was, I think. Mm-hmm. It was when Trusco was switching from Red to Fontana, also. So it was, like, it was like a weird period when I first started because like nothing was coming out really just because it was like transition. Switching distribution yeah. companies, yeah. But uh, it was the highest and then obviously like then I saw the downfall of a lot of labels like while I was there and mm-hmm. like the downfall of like Trustkill. Sure. And Trustkill was around for a while after I left. But of course, then, right, right. But it, it had changed so drastically from what kids had known like in the early 2000s yeah. where it was like 
you mentioned trust kill and ferret and i was just like oh well those are those are the labels yeah like, those are the exactly. labels especially like being in orange county because you're like yeah oh, all the local bands are like on <laughs> trust kill basically yeah, yeah exactly and so then uh you were doing obviously no sleep in conjunction with yeah. all the work yeah, that like, you were doing like, no sleep was like my hobby mm-hmm. basically yeah, you would um, you would moonlight. <laughs> yeah, and then I use the connections I made from like the the previous jobs and also at Trustfield to like keep it going. Right, make new connections as of the Trustfield and all that. Um, Got it. Um, and so, because I'm not going to focus too much on no sleep, because obviously people can find out millions of you've done yeah. millions of interviews that speak about how no sleep has started and all that type of yeah. stuff. Um, but the, I mean, obviously no sleep is developed to, you know, I mean, it's your, it's your full-time job. You're able to collect a paycheck from it. And that, you know, that's, that's what people dream of. Yeah. Um, and that's pretty impressive. And it's, it's really changed drastically for you from that perspective in the past two, three years, you yeah. know, like, I mean, you could see that it, where it was yeah, going. There was, you know, various like moments where it was like, wow, this just like came memorial. And then like that kept happening. Like every year there was a moment where it was like, uh-huh. It just kept going at a certain point, like getting so much bigger at a point. Where right, like, right. What was what was the what was the first kind of push that you felt where it was like you know it took you like even when you were maybe working at Trustkill, um, the first push with the label where you were just like, oh, like this could sustain itself as far as like oh the releases can kind of pay for one another and I'm not like paying out of my own pocket. I mean, it was more so like various people were like kept telling me that the could be something here yeah i was oh that's cool yeah it's encouraging I, I definitely never like up until like i actually was like receiving a paycheck yeah because i mean i you know like even when i after i got left trust school, i was living back out here mm-hmm. and like focusing on noticing more i was like doing design for the company at one point and then i right like got office for no sleep and then that's when i really like yeah, I, rem- I remember when that happened, like, because yeah. I remember pe- people, quote unquote, people were talking about, was just like, oh, dude, like, No Sleep got an office. And like, yeah. they're, you know, Chris is really trying to take this somewhere. Yeah. Um, and I just remember how, uh, you know, people were really kind of like taken aback by that move. But it was just, I always thought it was really cool because it was like, that was you just making the step where it's like, okay, I'm taking this yeah. as serious as I, mean, I possibly it was, can. It was, it was a complete stupid move at the time when I got the It was like, there was no money. There was, <laughs> I, I owed like pressing plans, everyone money, but it was like, They're I'm like, going to get office. Wait a minute. It's going to become a lot more real. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do this. I'm just going to, it was definitely like, even after the office and stuff, like a lot of like hard, of I mean, course. it's still hard. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing, nothing's easy yeah. with independent. But, music. uh, it was, you know, there's a lot of like turning points. Like, I mean, when like, yeah, so like, I, what, like the earlier is like, what was the the first kind of turning point that you felt where I was just like, oh, like all these encouraging words I mean, people luckily, are giving like, me? Because I, I I had just started the label, I had like one offer to for a um, distribution through a now defunct label slash mm-hmm. defunct distribution company partner. Uh, yeah, where it was like it was my first offer because I was gonna work for him for one of his also now defunct companies, uh-huh. but then it was like. Uh, I'm not going to work here. I'm just going to move to, I don't know where I moved to then. Yeah. But then stayed in touch. Then he was going to like, he wanted to just show me and I was like, I'm looking at other options. Then I hit up Vic since I like worked around. I was like, mm-hmm. I just started this label. It's literally nothing now, but I really want it to be something. I'm sure. work like my ass off, yada, yada. Right. And I was like, would Rev want to distro it? Mm-hmm. And then she responded, yeah. Like, obviously when we take on like, more like labels with releases because I literally had like nothing out at that point. Right, you're like, I got two things out. Yeah. yeah. I think it was literally like I had maybe two things out. Like, <laughs> right. So she took a huge like helped me out massively because I was definitely sure. like awesome. I have distribution and I have like nothing out. Vic has helped me out a lot. Yeah. Rev is yeah. I love everyone there. It'll be perfect. Yeah, right, yeah. right, so right. Like, that, that was one of the things that helped me out a lot because it was like I had a job so I couldn't do like trying to get stores to pick up stuff of like, course um, and it, yeah and it, plus it validates the label in a way where it's yeah. like you can go to bands and be like yeah we have distro through this and it's yeah. like oh we can take a, more of a risk on you or whatever. yeah like i mean some of the points were like, or like cool things were like when i was living in jersey wearing trust still like the i don't think they're anymore wonka vision magazine mm-hmm. when like 
they wanted to include me in like a label features like it was yeah. like five features on one page or something but i was like oh this is but awesome still, yeah yeah this is an f- amazing piece of press yeah, it yeah, was yeah. like it was no sleep he who corrupts i forget who else uh-huh and it was just like it was cool because it was like yeah someone's like recognizing it you know so like that was the, probably like the first like sure those are the first things and then like when i was like recognition like in the industry side of things like when like well like a stupid thing like when like the upsides was in billboard like in the heat secret charts like that was cool it was like oh it's yeah but i mean that's not that's not stupid because that's that's like you it wasn't you know your lifelong goal to be like god i can't wait to make it into billboard but because that happens it was was just a really cool thing it's like yeah it's great i I never thought i'd see like no sleep listen billboard i mean obviously like if this was like even 10 years ago right the numbers for the things that we're doing like (laughs) wouldn't be in billboard you know sure sure but but still yeah yeah yeah. it was that and then like like when i got office that was a cool like moment and Mm -hmm. we got even better distribution and bands started doing really well and right right then when we actually like, got in the top two hundred, and then when you and then when you bought when you bought the mansion that we're sitting in currently, yeah. like I mean, yeah, that was, I, yeah, I mean, you know, it was it was it was it was great living in my office for a year or two to save money, <laughs> and just buying, paying for food. Right, you're like, this is I literally the only thing I can afford. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was cool when I was able to actually like move out of the office yeah. and live have. Have Somewhere a nor- have a normal life outside of that. And then that. again, like get my own place to where I can like. Yeah, you can have a, a an appropriate work life balance separation. Where yeah. it's like, it was living at the office. I mean, it saved money and it was cool, but then it was also like that shit gets old pretty quick. It got it got really old. It's just like <laughs> I woke up, I was at work. I mean, obviously, I wasn't supposed to be living there, <laughs> right? And there was like a horrible bar next door. Yes, and the worst like clientele ever, and they'd be like. The walls are so thin at the office, and music would be horrible and so loud. You'd hear Sublime at like <laughs> two a.m. I'm just like, I'm just trying to fucking sleep. Yeah. And then there'd be people smoking weed outside the door, hissing in the like, yeah, plants in the front. Sure. It's definitely sometime I woke up to some guy was leaning against the glass, and some girl was giving him head. There's just like, and like I couldn't say anything because I'm not supposed to be sleeping or like living in office. <laughs> so That's like, amazing. You're like, day, like, all right, I'll all right, take this. I'm definitely not supposed to be here, so I can't like stop any of these people from doing it. <laughs> I can't like say anything. You can't scare them. And then like the bar will find out, and then they'll be like, oh, I think someone's living there, and they'll tell on me. Right, right, and right. <clears throat> like I got to keep an extremely low profile. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, kind of in conclusion with everything, um, you know the. Well, it's two parts of this. Like one, you know, you like watching, being involved in independent music for, you know, a long period of time, like for myself and like watching people kind of, you know, like gr- essentially grow up where yeah. it's just like, you know, people, like you mentioned Martin earlier, where it's just like, I mean, I met him when he was like 14 years old, yeah. and, like watching people kind of develop and like grow into, you know, an adult in some way, shape or form, um, whether or not that they still have all of their, you know, 15 year old passions <laughs> intact, yeah. like we both do. Um, and it was just always interesting to see kind of, you know, like your journey and like how you grew up with, you know, a lot of obviously, like you said, baggage coming into it, where it was like all, all this personal tragedy had affected yeah. me. But Which helped then, me to dive into it because I was like trying to right walk out real life. So I was just mm-hmm. wanted to work, wanted to do what I like because it's like, if I was new to this, I'd have no clue what I was doing, especially yeah. the moments I was like, all right, I'm going to get my neck tattooed. I'm going to get my hands tattooed. Let me get my job stopper tattooed. Yeah, and then it's like, oh, now I really got to make this work. Right, right, right. I don't want to work at wherever. Yeah, some insurance company or whatever the case may be. And hide everything. <laughs> right. It's so hot. <laughs> we're, we're turtlenecks. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, watching you develop and, like, watching you, like, you know, grow into the person that you are now, and obviously you're still growing, but, um, you know, like, the... Like, do you feel that that is directly related to the fact that, you know, you've experienced all that you've experienced, like, with the label? Like, you know, did the label kind of force you to grow up in a way? Like, yeah, I mean, it definitely did. Like, I mean, I, I mean, I'm still, like, socially awkward and have anxiety of fucking, like, wazoo and, sure. like, all these things. Yes, I said wazoo. <laughs> it's okay. But, and you also say yada yada, and it's incredible. <laughs> so, um, I mean, it definitely helped me to grow on many levels, because... Before I like started working for all these places, and before I like started doing no sleep and starting to like have to talk to a lot more people, I was definitely like <laughs> I was a lot more closed off and a yeah. lot more like awkward and 
had a lot worse anxiety. Like, uh-huh. I mean, now I'm like, I'm good in my own world. Yeah, yeah. it helped me grow to like to deal with life things. Right, step outside your comfort zone in a way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Everyone says I'm still in my bubble. But I don't like Orange County, but that's okay. <laughs> I feel safe in Orange County. Yeah, well, I think there's a huge difference between staying in, like, a geographical area and then breaking out of it from a mental standpoint. It may definitely help me, like, grow up a little, like, I'm still, like, awkward and weird as can be and, like, have horrible anxiety about, like, everything. Like, (laughs) I don't like going to new places, not myself or anything like that. Like, I won't do it. Yeah. But I'm definitely a lot better off and a lot easier to talk to people. Yeah. And I'm... Be able to handle life situations a lot, I think, from it too. You know? Sure, sure, sure. I mean, I know even since I've known you, I've like, you know, mm-hmm. it's, I think definitely surrounding yourself in something and being a part of something you like and putting all of into it helps you like grow up as a person too and like, you know, yeah, mature on many levels. Yeah, professionally, personally, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, I hope you enjoyed this in some way, shape, or form. Good. Good. You. We're good. You revealed stuff. I appreciate that. Welcome. <laughs>